Welcome to a podcast presentation from Nurse Educator. I'm Dr. Richard Pullen, editorial board member of Journal. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Margaret Jeannie Calcote and Dr. Candon Garbo from the University of Mississippi Medical Center School of Nursing in Jackson, Mississippi. Dr. Calcote is assistant professor and director of the Nursing Healthcare Administration MSN program at the university. She coordinates and teaches courses including finance, leadership, strategic planning, and fiscal operations in the MSN program. Prior to joining the School of Nursing, she served in multiple nursing leadership roles, including being a chief nursing officer. Her research projects include implementing interprofessional educational activities across multiple campuses. Dr. Garbo is assistant professor and teaches in the traditional BSN, RN to MSN, and MSN in nursing healthcare administration and DNP programs. She is the Joanna Briggs Institute Instructor for Evidence Implementation and serves as a mentor for numerous DNP students. She has a background in women's health and served in positions including Director of Labor and Delivery. Her research interests include correlation between stressful life events and breastfeeding initiation among women in Mississippi. Well, today's topic is a uh, topic or situation that uh, I have uh, uh, have been uh, uh, seen many times in my nursing career as uh, as a faculty member, and that is uh, uh, free writing in group work. Well, today's topic is three strategies to combat free writing in group. Uh, work. A very interesting topic and one that happens all the time in academia. And before we begin the interview, I want to congratulate Dr. Calcote and uh, Dr. Garbo for having this topic published in Nurse Educator. I encourage listeners to obtain the article and glean information they can use in their nursing programs. Welcome, Jeannie. And Candon. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. So glad to be here. Well, we're fortunate that you're going to share some nuggets of information to help us as educators how we can combat uh, students who are uh, not engaging as we want them to do uh, to do in uh, group work. So good deal. Well. That leads me to uh, my first question. I think I'll ask um, Candon. Um, in your article, you discussed three strategies to combat free writing in group work. Well, I think it would help me and listeners if you would describe what what uh, free writing means and what's the impact on group work, the, the, the whole group, when they're trying to complete an assignment. Sure. Well, Richard, free writing occurs when a student or even more than one student doesn't participate or give any input during a group project or assignment. And this leaves mm -hmm. those remaining members of the group doing most or all of the work. 
So basically, that student, that free rider, um, is benefiting from the work of others and not putting in any work. Right. So what we see is that this can lead to frustration and really a sense of unfairness on the part of the students that are doing all of the work. It can place a strain on the group dynamics, and it just places that responsibility on those members um, as the free riders are, you know, not participating. What we found, too, is that those free riders are receiving the same grade as those working members of the group. And we've, um, you know, we refer to them sometimes as bystanders or, you know, social loafers. Oh, that's an interesting uh, term. I like it, though. (laughs) Very, very descriptive. Right. So another problem that we see, too, with free riding is that those free riders don't gain the competency in team collaboration. And they also um, are going to lack competency in the specific concepts that that are being measured by the assignment, you know, the whole reason for the assignment in the first place. Well, good deal. Um, When you have students who are a part of free riding, as you mentioned, then it requires the other students who are being accountable to compensate for the other students. And it it creates uh, inequity. And also, I would imagine, could skew grades at the end um, uh, of a course when you have, I don't know, let's say 10 groups or 15 groups, and you've got um, several students who are free riding and uh, I would imagine those grades could uh, be skewed too. And as you mentioned, they haven't met the yeah. competencies and that can mm-hmm. influence the course, their success in subsequent courses, and of course, NCLEX. And uh, if they're free riding, could that concept also be applied uh, in their practice, which is right, kind exactly. of unethical? Complem, uh, you know, compromising safety in all of its forms. And I could talk forever Absolutely. about this, but I better move on. Yes. But uh, thank you, Candon. Um, well, I know that this uh, topic uh, wasn't addressed overnight. And so I'm, I think I'll ask Candon uh, again, uh, what inspired you? What was the impetus for uh, developing your strategies? Yes, there were Actually, two things. Um, One, I was receiving, and uh, Jeannie also emails from students stating that a member was not participating. And I actually even had a student email me and told me that she could not get the student to respond by text message or email. They were basically unresponsive. Um, We also had numerous students give us feedback at the end of the course in the course evaluations. We actually ask a question on our evaluations stating um, what would you, what changes would you recommend for this course? Mm-hmm. And for example, we receive comments like, we need some way to hold team members accountable or yeah. not all team members participated equally. So yeah. um, responses in our, on our evaluations and then our emails or reasons that we realized that we needed to implement something and, 
you know, even students would say it's not fair because that student's getting the same grade that I got and I did all yeah. the work. Absolutely. Let me just jump in here and add something. Sure. Another thing that we saw was uh, one course that we teach is project management. And that course mm -hmm. prepares students then to do their final project in the nursing health care administration program. And mm -hmm. what we saw happening was that in the project management course, they had group projects. And they would divide and conquer. So like one person would do the project charter, one person would do the theoretical framework. Sure. And so when they then moved on in to do their final project, where mm -hmm. that student had to lead the project and do the entire project themselves with the group in their residency, uh, they lacked the competency. We were seeing mm -hmm. very bad outcomes and having to do one-on-one sure. uh, -on -one tutorials with the students and, and we realized that the problem was that divide and conquer and also mm -hmm. those students that were not participating so it was really impacting us and, and of course those weren't the only courses that we saw the issues with uh, multiple mm -hmm. courses over the time of our teaching so it really just inspired us to want to do something um, mm -hmm. to improve that well it's it's um, uh, free writing <laughs> Uh, as uh, we talked about, is unfair to those who are doing the work. And I must say, it also puts the uh, places the faculty member in a very awkward uh, position to try to uh, juggle all that so that uh, the assignment is accomplished and um, so that the students can move on. But it, it, it's a struggle, I know. Um, I've dealt with That's it. That's so true. Uh, mm -hmm. It's very, very awkward. And I think just I'll throw a couple other things in there is um, I remember years and years ago when we didn't have as much Internet. Uh, well, when we didn't have the Internet, <laughs> uh, you know, that uh, that uh, free writing approach would happen face to face, too. But now I think it's uh, even worse. Because you have, uh, we have online uh, class or online classes or components of class hybrid or whatever, and students are working different schedules, and it's hard for all those students to uh, to uh, uh, to uh, communicate uh, with each other to get the components of the assignment done. So I think the internet has done some great things, but I also think it's created some uh, problems too. But again, I really want to emphasize, as you know, <laughs> it really is frustrating for the faculty member too. So I can't wait to hear uh, your strategies here in just a moment. Well, uh, thank you both for um, sharing on that last uh, question. Let's see. Um, let's see, Jeannie, I think, I'm going to ask you, but that's okay. Um, you mentioned in the article about student accountability um, in group work. We, we talked about that somewhat, but would you spend a little more time uh, emphasizing that role, uh, students being accountable, and how your strategies address that? Sure. So one of the first things that we did was to look at the rubrics for the first course that we implemented the strategies in um, and look at the, how to add some points for accountability. And so we adjusted the rubric and yeah. allotted 25% of the grade to group participation. 
So that is one-fourth of the grade. So if you have a 100-point assignment, that would be, of course, 25 points mm -hmm. for that. Um, and, of course, if we're going to add um, uh, part of participation and collaboration, we also adjusted our objectives to make sure that we included an objective um, for collaboration. So, for example, the um, first course that we implemented the strategies in was an uh, interprofessional education activity. Uh, and mm -hmm. so our, our, our objective was collaborate with an interprofessional team to analyze electronic health record data and describe a population that was high risk for readmission. Um, and so that was that we, we added that into the the objectives, mm -hmm. and then of course mm -hmm. we adjusted our rubric. So then, with adjusting the rubric with 25% of the grade based on uh, participation, we needed mm -hmm. to have a way to um, determine what the points for those 25% would be. Right. So we implemented a peer evaluation at mm -hmm. the end of the assignment, so mm -hmm. that each team member evaluated the peers on their team by name. We developed a Likert type scale, five point um, Likert scale uh, peer evaluation. And so that was with five points, we, you know, I'm kind of the one to just keep it simple. If it's 25%, sure. then, then five points, uh, five questions, five point Likert, so they could score a maximum of 25. And mm -hmm. so then we would average together each student, we would take the average of what their peers rated them, and that would be mm -hmm. the score that they received on the rubric. So um, then in order to increase teaching presence and thinking that if the uh, faculty were more involved in the group work and the students realized that the faculty were observing and participating in their group work, that they would uh, feel the need to, you know, participate and that would hold them more accountable. We required the groups to use a specific digital chat-enabled collaboration platform. Mm -hmm. um, there are many of those out there on the market. Um, we selected one that, that we like, and I don't think I'm supposed to name, um, name brands, but um, there were some requirements that we wanted the platform to have. We wanted mm -hmm. it to have a chat option. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted it to have the option to schedule and conduct virtual meetings so that the groups could schedule their meetings. And we mm -hmm. wanted it to have the option for real-time edits to documents. So the first assignment that we did with the IPE was a poster presentation. So for mm -hmm. example, the students were working on their poster and they had a template, and we could see what the students were doing. We added yes. a faculty member to each group. Uh -huh. And so we could see what the chats were. We could see who made edits. Mm -hmm. We could see when they planned a, a virtual meeting. And if we were available, we would tune in. Um, not yes. always were. We were, you know, we could not attend all of them because of our schedules, but if we were able to, we tuned in. We also were able to, if we saw during the chats or the edits, if we thought of something that might be helpful to the students, we might give a suggestion like, you might want to consider this, or have you thought about looking at this? Just so the students would realize that we were not 
at a distance from them. We were actually involved in their group work. Uh, So many times group work, it's like the faculty feel like we are in the dark until they turn in the final uh, assignment. So we really, we really like being able to see the progress. Um, We were able to identify some issues sometimes and help give guidance. Uh, We did have some issues where students were not participating and we were able to give them gentle nudges on the side, not in the group chat, but a separate mm-hmm. email to them, something very um, diplomatic, such as, um, I noticed that you have not been involved in the last meetings, and we wanted to check yeah. on you to make sure everything was okay. Is there a problem or is there an issue? Just so the student would realize, you know, the faculty is involved in this. And so maybe that would inspire them to of course. Um, be part of the group and to and to participate. So so basically, I'll just review. We adjusted the rubric for 25% of the grade to count to the uh, group participation. We implemented the five-point Likert-type scale peer evaluation at the end of the assignment, and we required the groups to use the digital chat-enabled collaboration platform that was visible to the faculty. Well, Jeannie, I, I like uh, your focus on teaching presence and I can tell you if you were my teacher and you dropped in and saw that I wasn't uh, doing what I needed to be doing and you gave me some gentle nudging um, nuggets (laughs) of information and also reminded me uh, Richard uh, I'll remind you that uh, 25 uh, percent of this uh, grade is on your participation Uh, I think that that would be that would be I think that would nudge me or put enough heat uh, to get me uh, motivated to be accountable uh, to uh, to my team, but I really like the um, the focus on teaching presence, and I really like the the term that you use, helping guiding uh, students to success. But they also need to be accountable, as we are as faculty. You know, those are some great strategies there. Thank you uh, for sharing uh, that. That um, Is there anything else you want to talk about as far as the platform, how it was utilized? You talk about the teaching presence and somewhat about the digital chat um, uh, uh, format too. Is there anything else you want to share about that? So um, one piece of that is that um, of course, if you're going to use a digital platform or any type of software, uh, you have to include some instructions on the use of the software, recognizing that students will have various levels of competency in using technology. And yeah. so um, whichever platform is selected, um, there needs to be a consideration of adding that into the instructions we use the um, brief video demonstrations of how the platform worked and also some uh, facts, frequently asked questions about the platform and provided the students with resources um, because they were not all familiar with the platform that we selected. Um, But they were, uh, we have not had issues with the students. Sometimes they'll ask questions about the platform and of course we will answer those, but but that's a consideration is that you are adding uh, a level of technology um, to the to the whole process of the assignment. 
But that's also something that our students, as we move into the future and technology increases and improves, they need to be able to collaborate virtually. And I think since COVID, hopefully, mm-hmm. we all are a little bit better than that than we were before. So um, so basically that, I think I kind of jumped ahead and answered my that question as I was talking about the accountability, but it all goes I think you, hand in I hand. I think you did great. And, Richard, I'd like to add one thing about using this platform. What I really like about it is that you can create individual files for each group, and then you can upload their templates or the documents that they need to work on. So there's no question about, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's right there for them. And then, of course, you can see their real-time edits to those documents and how they're progressing with those. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, I know. the strategies you're, you're, you both are talking about uh, uh, will be useful to uh, listeners and me. Um, as I mentioned, uh, I teach uh, online quite a bit and uh, full time, mm-hmm. and we do group work. And uh, uh, so you, you've given me some, uh, some uh, guidance on some things that I can do and that I can share with uh, my faculty with good deal. The other thing I like uh, is peer evaluation. And I meant mm-hmm. to bring this up earlier. Um, uh, that peer evaluation um, is a very powerful tool, in, as you know, in uh, students' learning. And, and conversely, it would it would be very similar to me if I was a novice educator or experienced educator and my outcomes weren't uh, where I wanted them to be and I had a had uh, you know my uh, faculty colleagues come in and uh, view my my presentations to give me some feedback on how I can uh, improve. So I I like I like peer um, peer evaluation. Uh, in this uh, experience. Now, um, Jeannie, you mentioned a few times about the Likert scale um, in this in this process. Um, can you sh- would you would you mind sharing more detail about the evaluation tool and how it how it is used? You, you've kind of introduced that, but I, I'd like for us mm-hmm. uh, listeners and me for you to reiterate, maybe even repeat some of the things you said before and uh, any other nuggets you'd like to share. Sure. Well, we used an electronic survey tool to mm-hmm. administer the uh, peer evaluation so that we could easily export that and average the scores and see the scores. And so that, that worked well. And there was a link, of course, that we provided in the, in the course. Um, and the questions we asked, we asked each student to um, identify their group member that they were evaluating. We asked them to mm-hmm. rate their level of professionalism. Yes. We, um, and that was the one question, you know, was one to five there. But then the other questions were answered with, uh, I disagree, strong, strongly disagree, disagree, neutral, um, agree, strongly agree, uh, whether the student being evaluated communicated respectfully with all members of the team, if they responded to the team communication in a timely and engaging manner, 
if they were mindful of assignment due dates and completed assigned tasks within the specific time frame, and if the student being evaluated made a significant contribution to the development of the team project. So those were our five questions, and we also added open-ended questions just to say, do you have any further comments related to the evaluation of the student? And we received a lot of positive comments. I really liked seeing the positive comments as well as seeing the ones that were maybe not so positive. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that we think we are going to add to this and looking at some of the other best practices that are out there is to add a self-evaluation. Uh, oh, maybe that, just that one be, That would be neat, yes. Mm -hmm. Maybe just one question for each student to rate themselves on their contribution to the development of the assignment or the project. Uh, because that then, if you have to rate yourself, um, mm -hmm. of course, some students fudge, but, but um, that is uh, one of the things that I, um, we found in the literature that was the best practice that we, we weren't aware of that when we developed our, 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 our tool, but we are constantly like improving what we do and revising and, yes. and so that is something that we think we will um, change for our future courses. That, that's a, a interesting concept. Um, of course, self-evaluation is not new as we mm -hmm. know. I think mm -hmm. uh, I have a thought and I'm sure both of you have already thought about this. this you uh, were talking about your teaching strategy here. Uh, however, with that in mind, I also see uh, future research. I think it would be, uh, I would encourage you, or I encourage you to continue uh, collecting information data and do some correlation uh, between self-evaluation, <laughs> how I see myself and how my student peers see me. I, I think you could. Uh, very you, yeah, that write it up. Write it up. It's, it's, go through your IRB. You know, when you mm -hmm. have time, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you have time, write right. all this stuff. That I really do. This is this is a big problem in academia. This free writing, and if you could further develop your strategy and do some. Uh, descriptive statistics and do some correlational statistics, how students see themselves, uh, see their performance on an assignment or whatever it is, uh, mm -hmm. how it compares, uh, comparative analysis between how I see myself and how other students see me. I think that would be very useful and uh, you could develop a model. Um, I think that I would too, be there. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Uh, if you need some help, I'm happy to, to well, be a part of that. Absolutely, yes. Be because you may want to have it uh, in different mm -hmm. uh, contexts across the country or world, right? Absolutely. That was, that's a great idea. And, you know, we're always, as in academia, we're always looking for, uh, of course, ways to improve what we do, but also then to participate in research and dissemination and scholarly work. So. Yeah. Absolutely. And the bottom line with um, your strategy uh, to reiterate is to ensure that all students are doing their work and they're right. communicating, which is a big competency, collaborating, um, mm -hmm. and to prepare, to prepare them for an interprofessional 
uh, practice world. And whatever assignment it is, if you've got some people doing their work and others not, then you have gaps in rigor. And uh, I think as we mentioned, uh, you know, that's going to impact critical thinking. It's going to impact uh, impact uh, clinical reasoning. And the students mm-hmm. who are not doing their work, uh, not meeting the competency. Um, but anyway, uh, I uh, appreciate uh, the time that, that you both have spent with me and listeners. And I, I look forward to additional um, uh maybe scholarly activities, research in this area, because I think it's something I know, I know it's something that is very much needed to promote uh, learning equity uh, for uh, for uh, the students in that assignment. And, you know, I, I just had another thought um, is another angle or framework would be the impact of free writing on faculty. Also, that might be mm-hmm. part of mm-hmm. part of the study. Well, anyway, uh, I could talk forever <laughs> uh, about this. Uh, thank you, Jeannie and Candon, uh, for sharing your expertise with listeners and also spending time with me. And as I listen to you both uh, talk, I can see the passion that you have uh, for uh, this topic. So thank you again. Thank you. And thank you for your interest in our topic. Yes, it was great to be here. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you so much. Have a great day. This ends the podcast.